Hey, what's up? It's Avery here. Well, I guess who else would it be? It is my own show. <laughs> you see, my show is on platforms like iTunes and Spotify, and you may wonder, how do I get my show on these platforms? Well, I do it through an app called Anchor. It's free to download, and you can use it on your phone or on your laptop. And it also comes with creation tools that let you edit your show. You can also make that sweet moolah with your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, want to get started? Download the Anchor app on the Google Play Store or Apple's App Store. Or go to anchor.fm. It's that easy. Yo, 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 what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome back to Avery Sports Show. And those of you who know, who know the podcast, you know I've done stuff over with personalities over in the UK. But it's been work that's been more in relation to football and rugby league. But I want to have someone on who has been one of the faces of MLB Europe's content and also with Sky Sports and the NBA coverage. It is Max Whittle. Max, how are you doing today, buddy? I am loving your energy, my friend. There aren't many like you in England, I tell you that. I'm good, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, Max. You know, your energy your energy is probably the reason why I reach out to you because you and Jamel15, a YouTuber in England, what you guys do is, if those of you don't, for people who don't know, you guys host a show called Basis Covered Heavy Hitters, and you've done other content on LB Europe's YouTube platform where... You do stuff where you have, you interview players, you interview UK celebrities. But it comes from a very unique place. It's not, you know, the usual, oh, how did the, the Giants do on their road trip? How are the Blue Jays going to do with the pitching staff? Your content is so different because you're talking to players and celebrities about what they would do on a road trip or what foods they would eat. It's very unique. It's very engaging. Thank you. Yeah, we don't really talk about RBIs or OPS. <laughs> I think that's refreshing for players as well. When they do come on our show, they understand that they're not going to be talking about the stuff that the beat reporters will ask them. Mm -hmm. but it's, been a, it's been a mission for the last 15 months or so since we started the base cover series. First of all, through lockdown, where we came from spring training. We were over there with the Cubs and the Cardinals because those were the two teams that were supposed to be playing in London last year. Yes. And the idea was to build a series of content around those two teams. And we got back. And obviously, as you know, the season was suspended. So we had to adapt. And we did two series last year from home um, with the, the premise being that we would have celebrities come on our show every week and we would build a baseball team. So it is very <laughs> different. And we... We just found out that we won an award for that series, which is great news, obviously. And we did that with the idea that we could get all of these celebrities in one place and actually play a game of baseball, which would then introduce not only our new audience to the game, but them themselves. Because we had people on that were, you know, social media influencers or former footballers here, like Michael Richards, for example. They'd never played baseball before. So when we did eventually get those guys together last August, it was just incredible. And the series has gone from there. This year, we've been able to film in person with a heavy hitter series. And that is essentially where our celebrities come through and they, they take on the batting cages. We have a chat. And we do really keep it about lifestyle and culture. So it's, it's been really fun. And I hope that people can... I mean, I have people message me saying, I don't like baseball. I've got no interest <laughs> in it, but I love your show. And that's, that's important to us. That's 
that's great. That is awesome. I know I'm going to ask the obvious question. Of course, when I talk to people from the UK, when they do watch American sports, it's usually they watch more the NFL, the NBA. A handful say they watch NHL, but I never get anyone who says they watch MLB. So I want to ask you, Max, how did you get involved in watching baseball, being a part of having baseball in your life in um, in England? Yeah, it's interesting, and you you are correct that the NFL is really big over here, as you know, with the London games and the talk of a franchise. The NBA has its place here, um, but baseball, until recently, with the 2019 London series and the Red Sox and Yankees came over here, it wasn't it wasn't in your face. Put it that way, it wasn't mainstream. It's not going to be mainstream, but there is a solid community of baseball fans here. I think around 100,000 people subscribe to the MLB TV app over here. But I got into the game, um, basically I was in LA on a holiday, family holiday back in 2004. And my parents took me to a, a game at Dodgers Stadium. I remember it was Dodgers Braves and I loved it. And we'd been watching some baseball the year before that when we were in, on holiday um, in Boston, but we didn't actually go and see a game. But obviously the Red Sox were always on, and that really piqued my interest. But being able to go to a stadium, um, watch the game—that—that's when I really was hooked. And I played basketball all my life, so having that affinity with American sports, it was just sort of natural coming together. But I love the game. I, I understand why people have their questions about it and <laughs> how long it takes. But I say, well, look, the game of tennis takes four or five hours sometimes. You sit there and watch that. You sit there and watch golf all day. Why not just? Try it, and if you can get the live experience, that's probably what baseball does better than any other sport, right? The live experience and the fact that London had a game here, two games in 2019, with a, a view to having more in the future, that's really going to help as well. No, of course. I got to say, Max, I admit I'm a little bit jealous of the fact that you've been to more MLB stadiums versus me, considering the fact I'm a lot closer to most ballparks. I've only been to MLB game in Toronto at Rogers Centre. Well done. That's awesome. But yeah, you mentioned the London series, and I guess how big was it to have MLB send over the two marquee clubs in the former Yankees and the Red Sox? Because no matter how many wins and losses they have in the records, they are the team that even a casual fan would know in passing. That was amazing, because you had the Red Sox who won the World Series in 2018. The Yankees are a global brand. Everybody knows the logo, even if they don't know what it is, the <laughs> logo, they walk around wearing it. So yes. Instantly recognizable merchandise, that was something that really played into the hands of MLB uh, and the head honchos planning that event. But the event itself was incredible. They played it at the London Stadium, which was the Olympic Stadium in 2012, the Olympics here, and it's now the Premier League Football Club West Ham uh, Stadium. And it was, it looked perfect like a baseball ground. The, the, the two games were sold out, the food that they sold, the merchandise that was on sale, everything about it looked like a Major League Baseball game. The field, the, the signage, everything. It was, they did such a good job with it. And I know that I'm working for MLB now, but I wasn't at the time. So I can <laughs> honestly say that there's no bias there. It was a really good two-day event. Also, the weather was incredible. I think the bosses at MLB were probably concerned that hosting two games here with no chance of wriggle room with the schedule. It had to go off um, without any hiccups. So the weather was, was great too. Um, and I, I don't know how much it helps, but interestingly enough, there was an event here in 2017. It was a home run derby that they staged um, at the British Summer Festival. It was essentially a music stage in Hyde Park. And MLB took it over for a, a day 
back in 2017. They had England cricketers playing. They had Carlos Pena, former Major League player, Cliff Floyd, Sean Green, who was actually at that game I mentioned, Dodgers Braves in 2004. He was over here. And they had a home run derby off the stage. And it was a sellout. There were 17,000 people there. And they all were wearing their MLB gear. So there was clearly a fan base here. MLB saw that, and they've since made plans to have games here. So, And it was really cool to work on that event, seeing Sean Green. And thinking in my head, this guy played uh, the Dodgers back in 04. So it was nice to have that come full circle as well. That's awesome. And Hoti, that is cool. Because growing up a Jays fan, Sean Green was one of my favorite players. So though that is so cool. You got to see him. But, you know, I'm sure it helped as well because, you know, People want to talk about baseball, you know. I'm a big home run guy, so I would have loved to have been there and to see a 17-13 game followed by a 12-8 game. I'm sure that helped to an extent. I'm sure the high-scoring games helped as well in London team as well, getting people involved to an extent. That's what I forgot to say. The, the games <laughs> probably weren't anything like a typical MLB game, and I don't know about the science, but there was something to do with the... The, the atmosphere in the stadium and the outfield walls and everything else that was going into the, the stadium um, dimensions that helped the ball just fly out of the stadium. But so many home runs, that's what people wanted to see. And if you're a casual fan of baseball, you know what a home run is. So if you go to a game in London and nothing happens, but it's a two-to-one two, two to one game, for example, and a pitching duel, that's not what the casual fan wants to see. So we were also very fortunate that the, uh, the runs were on offer that weekend. No, of course, the runs were big. And, you know, Europe as a whole, I'm seeing, you know, you're seeing with the World Baseball Classic, you're seeing certain European nations are growing. You're seeing um, Team Italy qualify. You're seeing Netherlands qualify. You're seeing Germany get involved, too. And what would it mean, Max, to say, but say the next 10 to 15 years, Great Britain qualify for World Baseball Classic, and you have a Great Britain-trained player in the Major League, say, in the next 10 to 15 seasons. That would be incredible, and that would really help participation. And having done this job for a while now and, and speaking to the MLB community here quite a lot on social media, it's really nice to see the involvement of people in the game. There's a lot of new leagues coming up. I've promoted um, a new club that's being formed in Essex recently, and there is a lot of interest being sparked. And I hope that I can be around with this series when, as you say, Great Britain do qualify for the WBC um, and we have a player in, the, in Major League Baseball. But the, there are all, also positives around Europe that we promote on our show quite a lot, if we can. Max Kepler of the Twins, born and raised in Berlin, Germany. Yes. Billy Gregorius, born in Amsterdam. So there are players that started around the league right now from Europe, and that's great. But obviously Team GB, who are moderately successful, I would say, they, they do a good job. Um, to get them to the upper echelons would be incredible and also would help inspire the next generation. There is, there is a solid league here, and there, is, there are clubs you can play for that maybe 10, 15 years ago weren't around for young players, which is a good step. That is a great step. That is honestly a great step, Max. I want to ask you about just a couple of stories in Major Baseball and in NBA as well, too. Um, i got to ask you, Max, how silly is it to see people right now writing off the Yankees? We're in April, and I'm seeing all these headlines of Yankees are last place in the AL East. Yankees are in their worst start in some how many years. It's April. There's still 100 games to go. Calm down already. <laughs> I love it. I remember going to an opening day game at Yankee Stadium a few years ago. And it was Carlos Santos' debut, and, uh, or home debut at least. 
and he was getting booed after going over five at the end of the day. I'm thinking it's April 5th or whatever. It's cold out here. There's barely anyone in the stadium, and you guys are already booing. Um, it's been a long season, but you know they they're, they're not hitting well. Aaron Judge is for some reason injury prone, and that's really a shame because I would love to see Judge have another 50 home run season. I'd love him and Stanton to be healthy for an entire year. This team should be good. They will be good. I mean, no one thought the Red Sox would be competing this season, um, and they are currently top. You shouldn't read into that either. You shouldn't read into Baltimore being second or third in the division at this point. So, Yankees fans are going to Yankee fans. That's all I'd say. They're going to do what they're going to do, and they expect to win. But the reality is it hasn't been there hasn't been a championship there since 2009. So, it's hard to win in baseball. And if you're going to overreact, Week to week, <laughs> it's going to be a long season because you know what, Avery? There's no longer 60 games this year. It's 162, so good luck to them. No, it's true. Yeah, we're back to the 162. And I guess, you know, just last year was so strange. Last year was so weird. Like, how did, how did it feel to you seeing a baseball season last year, which you had no fans, and then it was a 60-game season? Because in baseball, 60 games is nothing. It would be like an NBA season being, say, 30 games. It just didn't feel right. That was season that short. And then we had a World Series between L.A. and Tampa and Texas. Nothing felt right at all last year. No, it was really strange. And as a Dodgers fan, I flipped the narrative slightly because, as you say, the 60-game season didn't feel real, which in itself sounds bizarre because you look at a Premier League season over here, 38 games in a, in a season is, is considered a solid amount of games. And you told someone over here that didn't follow baseball that it was a 60-game season, they'd be like, okay, that sounds like enough. <laughs> I was of the opinion that once it got to the postseason, it felt real again. Mm. Uh, I know, as you say, that the neutral site games, you had games in San Diego, Texas. It didn't feel quite right. And as a Dodgers fan and all Dodgers fans out there, I, I know they would have wanted it to be a Dodgers stadium. But look how that's gone the last couple of years. I mean, they got spanked by the Red Sox in 18 yes. uh, at home. They didn't, they didn't look great. Houston series. I know went to seven games, so maybe it was helpful that they did have um, a neutral site. It took some pressure off, perhaps, and they were able to get some fans in. But I do, I do still think you should never put an asterisk against um, that season. I don't think I've seen much of that talk on social media. I expect it to be way more like LeBron in the bubble, for example. Oh, yeah. that ring didn't count because it's in the bubble. Right. That's nonsense. <laughs> um, and the postseason, it felt, it just felt intense. You know, once we started, the, it's the fact that they were still best of five and then best of seven, uh, and also you had to go through an extra round and beat Milwaukee twice mm-hmm. in that wild card. It was harder for me because you were doing things that you weren't necessarily accustomed to. We actually spoke to Gavin Lux, the second baseman for LA, last year. It was our final show of the, the second series, and we had him on when the Dodgers were 3-1 down against Atlanta in the NLCS. And if you thought if you saw him then, the spirits were pretty pretty low. And they'd been in a hotel for a long time. They'd obviously been quarantining, making sure they were they were careful. They were three one down to come back and, and win like they did. I don't think anyone could take that away from them. But yeah, it did feel a bit weird. And I'm glad that the season's back to normal now, as normal as it can be. You know, I gotta say I was pulling for the Dodgers because I'm a buddy on LA, a friend of mine, Joe Kelly, known Joe for a very long time. I want to see him get a second ring, but this year now, 2021, I'm excited to see the Jays do what they can do, and I want to see this young core develop even more. I like following them now that they're in Buffalo. 
it is it is very weird because this is because we don't know what's gonna happen in Canada. Like we don't know if they're gonna be able to come back to Canada with the border. They might end up playing a second full season in the U.S. So they may not return to Canada until 2022. It's really weird right now at the border, Max. It's crazy, isn't it? You've got the Raptors in Tampa. You've got the Blue Jays <laughs> in Buffalo. It must be really strange, but uh, you know what? At least you've got at least you've got some fans in there now, um, which is good because I remember before we started filming last year after spring training, we had no idea whether we'd have a series, and no idea whether we'd have a season. <laughs> And it's going to be tricky once this year is over because they have to talk again, don't they? The two sides have to talk and agree on what's going to happen going forward. No, exactly, exactly. And before I come over you, before I switch over to the NBA, I just want to ask you, uh, Max. You know, baseball is such a rich sport right now. So many of the big teams like the Yankees, the Giants, the Dodgers, who make so much money. So I know it's a hot button topic right now in European sports. So I got to ask you, how much would it suck? to see a Super League of Baseball where those teams split and have their own competition we're talking right now in soccer. I would hate that. <laughs> yeah, no, good timing with the um, with this Super League talk. I mean, yes. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it at all. And I think if, if MLB were to do the same thing, I, I guess it's different in the States because I've seen a lot of people I follow in America mm-hmm. who cover sports saying like what's the issue what's the problem i don't understand and i guess that comes from the fact that you guys have the franchises where a lot of the time teams move city to city yes especially in the nfl it's it's kind of a typical thing where you might even as a community lose your team mm-hmm. so maybe there's a, there's less um there's more logic to what's happening over here but i don't like it and i think if you did that in mlb you're you're losing the, the traditional top clubs, you can't lose them. They have to be they have to be part of the league. And if you were to say, okay, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and a couple more are going to just shift away, um, we're still going to be part of MLB, but we're not really going to be part of MLB because we're focused on this league that's paying a billions of dollars. <laughs> um, and then qualifying for the postseason becomes less of a thing because if, if the Red Sox didn't qualify for the postseason, for example, it doesn't matter because we are part of this super league that pays us however many dollars a year so right. that's what's happening over here and there is i can tell you a massive backlash uh, in the media i mean i 99 of things i'm reading are against it so if that was to happen in any other league i'm sure it'd be similar reaction i think so too because there's no there's no true underdog in a sense like a super league you see like with super league there's no there's no um Leicester City, there's no um, Wolves, there's no Everton going to be in the Super League, and it would be like for in North America here. Why would a why would a Milwaukee Brewers fan want to watch this? Why would a Reds fan? There's no team they can relate to if that were to happen. So I see why a lot of people in Europe don't like it. But the, other, the whole point of the whole point of being a, a middling a mid level team or or a team that never wins is there's always hope, and that's what I love about spring training is that mm. every season it starts. There's always hope for that four-week period, and then obviously your team starts losing. <laughs> if you had a super league, the big teams would be making more money than they already do. They're yeah. revenue sharing, which means that it'd be harder for a Pittsburgh Pirate to um, get back to the, into the winning the NL Central, making a, some noise in the postseason. It would just mean less. Uh, there is a beauty to chasing the Yankees and the Dodgers and the top teams, and they need to be where they are, and, and there needs to be some sort of parity in sports. 
Exactly. I agree. A couple last ones here for you, Max. Um, moving to the NBA, I got to ask you, are you a believer in the New York Knicks, who right now are in sixth place in the Eastern Conference and are looking in great shape right now to make the playoffs, but you know with the NBA Eastern Conference, you can be sub-500. You can you can have 12 wins and still be in playoff contingent in, in Eastern Conference in the NBA. So <laughs> I love I love what they've done. I've got to say, um, <laughs> Julius Randle was when he was drafted by the Lakers. There was such intrigue, and, and he got injured straight away, and that was obviously a, a, a strange start to his career. But he's been really, really good. Emmanuel Quickly's been a great surprise. Uh, if you follow college basketball, I don't. You may have known his talent, but he's been great. And the fact they've got Thibodeau in coaching them, uh, they, they've just got an identity. <laughs> the Knicks haven't had an identity beyond their owner for a long time. And since Carmelo Anthony was there, they, there has been nothing positive to speak about. You know, former players getting into uh, issues with the team. And it's, it's never about the on-court product. I do believe in it because, first of all, as you say, they're in the Eastern Conference, so they're going to have at least a playing game um, to, have to take part in, which is, which is new to them, right? But if they can stay in them for 60, as they currently are, You've got Miami and Charlotte who are really strong behind them. Mm. That would be so fun. Just I think for the entire league, it's like it's like the Yankees being good. It's like Manchester United being good. If the Knicks are good, basketball is just more fun. And the fact that they'll be in the playoffs this year because they, they really shouldn't drop below 10th, right? Um, I think it's good for the league. And you know, Randall being being an All Star level player now. They've got some foundation. They just need to make sure they, they're smart with their drafts going forward and they can actually acquire free agents. The only way they're going to appeal to free agents, because the Nets won those sweepstakes, as we know recently, with Durant, with Kyrie, with Harden, yes. is to win. That's it. No one cares about Madison Square Garden and all the prestige anymore. That's not what young players look, look for in a team. They just want to win. No, exactly. It's very true. And, and you know, you know, also, RJ Barrett has been a stud. I know people were trying to push a narrative that he was a bust, which to me is very silly. But watching RJ's game grow, his shots developing, he can get to the basket. I've been a big fan of RJ's. I used to watch him play in high school. And I knew he'd be a star back then in high school in Ontario. And seeing him get his due now, the Knicks have been fun to watch, Max. That's great. That's really cool. And it's nice because... I think a lot of these guys get written off really early in their careers, right? Even if you're a top three pick, it's hard to hit these days. But even if you're not putting up 25 and 12 every night, it's mm. not a butt. So let's remember that. No, it's true. It's true. And last question for you here, Max. Will Kevin Durant ever stop tweeting um, just the wildest things? Because I, I think it's hilarious. You got Kevin Durant just tweets like the average dude arguing on Twitter for hours on end. Then going to play a ball game. I think it's so funny to see you just tweet like the average dude on online here. Yeah, it'd be really nice if Kevin Durant could like communicate as he does with the amount of tweets he does with the people he does, but not in the way. <laughs> I wish he could just talk to fans in such an open, honest way that was a bit more respectful, a bit more friendly, less defensive, and I would say less passive aggressive. But he's not actually passive aggressive; he's just aggressive. I don't understand why someone of his talent level and the fact that he's probably a top 15, top 10 guy of all time has to to speak on social media as if he's got so much to prove. The the fact that he's replying to these people is because they've got a lot to to rile on because he always gives them something to talk about. It's the same with Kyrie Irving. I, I don't understand why they can't just knuckle down and 
because it gives us something to talk about. But LeBron will use his social media platform to create change and fight causes that he wants to. Kevin Durant, I'm sure he does a lot of good, but I just don't quite understand. It's not even a chip on his shoulder. It seems like something deeper than that. Uh, and he's always playing. He's always playing defender on social media. So long may it continue for the content. But I, I you know what it is. It's the Durant timeline. He couldn't win in Oklahoma City. He should have beaten the Warriors in that series. They were three one up him. He went to join the Warriors, which has basically never happened. Where you have a, a top five player, a top two player, really joining a team that's winning already. And then he got his ring and he left again. Everything he's done has been criticised. He just needs to do what makes him happy, and I'm sure that Golden State made him happy. I'm sure that Brooklyn teaming up with Kyrie and Harden makes him happy. So let it go, Kevin. Let it go. You know, I think you know what he can't, right now. All these guys are locked down. I think he's just bored. I think he's just bored. But from I think I love it. I think it's hilarious what he's doing. I think it's so refreshing to see him play that honest on social media. And Max, it's been a blast having you on the podcast. We gotta do it again sometime. And you know what? Hey. When, when I can cross the border again, I want to play on your MLB.com celebrity baseball team over in England. I want to play oh, it on that team. You are you are more than welcome. I'm I'm glad you followed me. I uh, I'm glad that you uh, introduced yourself, and it'd be great to have you over here and play a game. I'm sure we could we should we can make that happen. We'll take you down to the London Mets and play a famous game of baseball here. <laughs> that sounds good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Max, for doing the podcast. No pleasure was all mine. Good luck with it.